Hey, I wanna welcome you today to uh, Worship at Shades and give a big shout out to all the fathers. Hope you're having a happy Father's Day. As a dad, this is when you get to celebrate the three R's. Restaurant, you get to choose where you're going to eat. Rest, you get to sleep on the sofa, take a nice nap. And number three, remote control. For the next 12 hours, you get the remote control. So dads, I hope you enjoy this day. Uh, what we're going from a message standpoint is that uh, I realized that this has been about three months that we have had the uh, COVID-19. And with that, it has caused so many changes and even disruptions. And whether it be in your work, in schools, in restaurants and businesses, uh, churches, hospitals, counseling services, you just go on and on. There has been an impact because of COVID-19. And then the last two weeks, there has been an impact because of the racial unrest. And it's caused all of us to kind of take an inward look at our own attitudes and actions, and even for us to do some questioning and evaluation of our racial justice system. With our preoccupation with these major issues, it's easy for our relationship with God to be placed on a back burner. Now, this message is mainly going to be addressed towards those who are Christ followers because I want you to begin to do some self-evaluation and ask yourself, um, how is my, my walk with God? I mean, is it fresh and vibrant? Uh, is there an intimacy to it? Or maybe there's some distance. Maybe you could say it's even about a day's journey away from God. You say, well, where do you get that day's journey away from God? Uh, there's an account in scripture in Luke chapter two, when uh, Mary and Joseph and their son Jesus traveled to Jerusalem to go to the Passover. When they traveled to go to the Passover, they spent time, uh, the week there, and then they traveled back home. And as they were traveling back home, it says that after a day's journey, Mary and Joseph realized that Jesus wasn't with them. They had just traveled an entire day without Jesus. And I think for some of us, when we look at our relationship, that may be where we are today. And we feel like that there's just sort of a distance and it's probably about a, about a day's journey. So what does that look like? And how do I get back on track with them? And that's what I want to talk to you uh, about today. And so let's look at the very first thing as to how in the world can I get a day's journey away from God. And maybe the first word that I want you to write down, and this is the word neglect. The word is neglect. Now, in that passage in Luke chapter two, let me read you exactly what the account says. He says, now his parents went to Jerusalem every year at the feast of the Passover. And when he was 12 years old, they went up according to custom. And when the feast was ended, as they were returning, the boy Jesus stayed behind in Jerusalem. His parents did not know it, but supposing him to be in the group, they went a day's journey, but then they began to search for him among their relatives and acquaintances. And when they did not find him, they returned to Jerusalem searching for him. And after three days, they found him in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them and asking them questions. Now, Mary and Joseph and Jesus, they travel from Nazareth to Jerusalem. It's about a three-day journey. 
And as they're traveling here, they get to Jerusalem and they stay there for seven days to celebrate the feast and then they come back home. Uh, they traveled usually in groups. It was, it was either uh, family groups or even village groups. They would all travel together for these sacred journeys. Uh, partly it was for protection and partly it was just for keeping good company. Hey, let's all travel together. Let's make the journey and, and let's just hang out together. And what would usually happen is that the mothers and the children would travel on the, at the front. They'd be at the front of the pack and then the men would be near the back of the pack. Well, Jesus was 12 years old. And so for all of you that are 12, that's sort of that tweener age. And he's sitting there thinking, you know, am I, am I too old to travel with the mamas up there? But then when he goes back with the guys, does he feel a little bit too young? And then a lot of times maybe the kids are in the middle, so maybe I'll just hang out with them. So there are different groups. And in fact, in verse 44, it says, but supposing him to be in the group. In essence, Mary thought he was with Joseph. Joseph thought is with Mary. And they just traveled the entire day thinking that's probably where he was. And uh, this is, has probably happened to some of families that are watching this today. Um, this is just going to be a time of self-confession for you. And uh, let me just ask you, have you ever left your child somewhere or maybe forgot to pick them up? Just go and raise your hand. Go and raise your hand in your family. Look around. I'm kind of feeling the guilt as it's coming through the camera already, because you know, a lot of folks have done that. You've just forgotten your child. And uh, it's a scary thing. It's a scary thing when you feel like you've lost your child. Now, as scary as that is, I'm not sure if it quite measures up to Mary and Joseph, because while they're looking for the child, can't you just imagine Mary leaning over to Joseph and whispering to him and says, we have just lost the son of God. We have lost the son of God. God gives us his son, gives us one responsibility, and we have lost him. A little bit of panic on there. You see, they didn't intend to leave the son of God. They didn't intend to travel a day without him. It was really just due to neglect. Because you see, rather than checking to see exactly where he is, maybe it's just more engaging to talk to the people that were with them as they were making that journey, heading back home to Nazareth. Now, some of you may be traveling without Jesus and it's due to neglect. Now, the inundation of COVID-19 and the racial unrest has so filled your mind and consumed your time that no longer do you really have prayer times. You don't really have time to read God's word. You don't have time to get invested into spiritual disciplines. And for some, COVID-19 has been such an exhausting time, a busy time where you're burning the candle at both ends that something has to give. You're juggling all kinds of balls and one of those balls has got to drop. You're sitting there and you're moving things around and one thing's got to go to the back of the shelf. And what you end up putting to the back of the shelf is that relationship with God. And so before you know it, you kind of get lax in pursuing that intimate relationship with God and when you do that, there becomes this gradual separation, about a day's journey. And so you find out that you're about a day's journey away from God. Well, so how do you resume that walk with God? Well, you do exactly what Mary and Joseph did, and that is retrace your steps and return to the basics. Retrace your steps and return to the basics. It said, once they realized he was gone, they went back to Jerusalem. It was interesting when they went back to Jerusalem, guess where they found him? Surprise of surprise, they found him in the temple. 
Just retrace your steps. And what I challenge you to do is retrace your steps back to when you had those quality, quiet times, when there was that intimate, close, joyous, vibrant relationship with God. Go back to those times. What is it that you did that made that such a close time with God? Whatever it was, retrace those steps and get back to the basics. I remember Ronnie Floyd, who pastored at Springdale in Arkansas, he would always talk about how important it was to have that relationship with God and to start it at the beginning of your day. And he would say this, he would say, start your day with a walk with God. And he says, there's two words to keep in mind, first or early. Make it first thing or early in your day, you start that walk with God. Because when you do it first or early, then he sets the direction for your life of that day. He begins to give you insights and wisdom on how to deal with situations and also with relationships. And so you want to start early on that day. Listen, retrace your steps and return to the basic. You say, well, why is that so important? John 15, five says this, I am the vine and you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears much fruit for apart from me, you can do nothing pretty powerful. Apart from me, you can do nothing. That means you are drastically limited in what you can do for God if you do not abide in him. So if you feel like that you're about a day's journey away from God, it could be because of neglect. Retrace those steps and return to the basics. Second, could be willful disobedience. Willful disobedience. You look at the prophet Jonah, the prophet Jonah, God came to him and he says, Jonah, I want you to go to the city of Nineveh. It was a wicked, evil city. He says, but I want you to go and I want you to preach a message uh, to them. And, and that's my call to you. Well, so what did Jonah do? Well, in Jonah chapter one, uh, it says this. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah, the son of Amittai saying, arise, go to Nineveh, that great city and call out against it for their evil has come up before me. But Jonah rose to flee to Tarshish from the presence of the Lord. He went down to Joppa, found the ship going to Tarshish. So he paid the fare, went down into it to go with them to Tarshish away from the presence of the Lord. God asked Jonah, he says, I want you to go 500 miles northeast. You know what his response was? I'm going to head southwest. And he was going to Joppa to catch a boat to go to Tarshish. The trip to Joppa is about 50 miles. That's about two day journey. So he didn't go a one day journey, he went a two day journey. And he went in the exact opposite direction as to what God had called him to do. And you see, he ran away from God. He refused to carry out God's will. It was just flat out willful disobedience and he found himself about a two-day journey away from God. He said, well, willful disobedience, what does that look like? Let me just give you some examples. Now, first of all, rebelling against God's moral commands. Rebelling against God's moral commands. As a follower of Christ, you, you know what God's word says. You know there are things that God says, if you obey me, this is what you do. In James chapter three, verse 17, it says, so whoever knows the right thing to do and fails to do it, for him, it is sin. That's just willful disobedience. And you know, there's some things in your life that you say, I'm, I'm embracing these things, but yet I know according to scripture, it's just wrong, it's willful disobedience. So I wonder why I'm not as close to God as I was. It's because you're one to two days away from him 
because of your willful disobedience. Second is this, robbing God of tithes and offerings. Robbing God of tithes and offerings. Now, I know every time a pastor even mentions something about tithes, they'll sit there and say, well, that's just a, a Baptist uh, building program thing. That's just a, a Baptist guilt trip to try to get people to give money. No, it's not a Baptist thing. It's a biblical thing. I mean, in the book of Leviticus, God says, hey, the tithe is mine. That's the first 10%. So whatever it is you bring in, first 10%, God says it's mine. He didn't say, hey, I'd love for you to give it to me. He says it's mine. He's claimed ownership on it. And so when we don't give it to him, we rob him. You say, really? Yeah. Malachi 3.8 says this, will a man rob God? Yet you rob me. The man responds, but you ask, how do we rob you? God's response, in tithes and offerings. It's his. That tithe is his. So it's not a Baptist thing. It's not a Methodist thing. It's not a Presbyterian thing. It's a Bible thing. It's, it's his. And if we sit there and say, well, I'm not going to give him uh, the money that's, that is his, then that's willful disobedience. And you're going to find yourself probably about a day's journey away from God. And, and the third one is this, running away from God's calling. Running away from God's calling. Some of you today may be running to Tarshish when you really should be walking with God to Nineveh. But the reason that you're running away from God is either because of a lack of faith or just some ungodly attitudes that you really need to deal with. Do you know why Jonah didn't want to go to Nineveh? It was because of prejudice and bigotry. He didn't like those folks. He thought they were evil. And he knew, this is what's so funny, he knew that if God, if he went to Nineveh, that sure enough, God would relent and they would repent and God would forgive them. And he didn't want God to forgive them. He was hoping God would destroy them. He didn't want to go. There were some ungodly attitudes in his life. So whether it's a lack of faith to where God has called you to go to your own Nineveh to serve him, and whether it's a lack of faith or an ungodly attitude, it is holding you back and that is a willful disobedience. So how do you resume your walk with God? Repent and obey. Repent and obey. So what happened to Jonah? Hey, he goes to Joppa, he gets in a boat. When he gets in a boat, a big storm comes up. They throw him overboard and God has a big fish waiting on him. And so he has a fish belly experience for three days. And I'm telling you, you're sitting inside of a big fish for three days, God will get your attention. And he did. He got his attention and he repented. And he says, God, I'll do what it is that you want me to do. So look what he did, Jonah 3, verses 4 and 5. And Jonah began to go into the city, going a day's journey. Now he's walking with God, a day's journey. And he called out, yet 40 days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. And the people of Nineveh, they believed God. And they called for a fast. They put on sackcloth and from the greatest of them to the least of them. When Jonah got right with God, he took a day's journey with God and God changed the hearts of a city through the work of Jonah. It's incredible. You can be a day's journey away from God because of neglect or it could be willful disobedience. And last of all, it could be discouragement over life situations. It could be discouragement over life situations. There was an Old Testament prophet by the name of Elijah and uh, Elijah had, had um, told, the, told the evil king uh, that uh, it wasn't going to rain for next number of years. And so about three years didn't even didn't rain. And so finally there was going to be a showdown between the prophets of Baal and, uh, and the prophet of God. 
and they go up to this mountain, Mount Carmel, and they're going to have the big showdown. And uh, each one, they build their altars. And he said, okay, Baal, you call out to your God, see if he'll send fire from heaven to uh, burn up your offering. And they spent all day, half day, crying, cutting, screaming to their God, who was deaf naturally, <laughs> and he did nothing. And so it came Elijah's turn. And a little bit flair of dramatic, he says, bring some water. And they take water and they drench the altar with water. And in just maybe a few sentences, he calls out to God in heaven and he says, show your power. And boom, the fire fell. Fire fell from heaven. And it said it, it took up the burnt offering, took up the rocks, took up the wood, licked up all the water. And it was a whoa moment. And then Elijah looks at the other folks and says, we got to take out the prophets of Baal. And they took out all 450 of them. It's kind of a kind of a high moment right there when you read chapter 18. Then you go to chapter 19, the very first verse. Ahab the king got all upset and he tells his wife, Queen Jezebel, she sends a note over to Elijah. And she said, hey, I just want to let you know that in 24 hours, I'm going to take you out. Well, I mean, he just sent fire from heaven from God. Now he's got this queen tells him he's going to take him out. What are you going to do? Well, look what he did. Then he was afraid. And he arose and he ran for his life and he came to Beersheba, which belongs to Judah. He left his servant there, but he himself went a day's journey into the wilderness. He came, he sat down under a broom tree and he asked that he might die saying, it is enough now, O Lord, take away my life for I am no better than my father's. Elijah went from standing on the mountain, watching the fire fall from heaven to sitting under a tree and say, God, just take me out, take my life. I've experienced the thrill of victory, but now I am suffering through the pain of discouragement. He's exhausted. He's overextended physically, emotionally, and spiritually. He's completely lost perspective. He's so focused on Jezebel and what's going on there, he completely lost his perspective of God. He's in isolation. In verse 10, he says, I alone, I am the only person who is bending their knee to God and he finds himself drowning in self-pity. Now listen, many of us can relate to Elijah. With the COVID-19, the social isolation, the increased unemployment, uh, all the studies have shown there's an increase in depression and suicide. And uh, you may feel like that you're like Elijah and you feel like you have taken a day's journey into the wilderness and you just feel hopeless and you're sitting under the tree and saying, I just don't see any hope. So if you're in that position, how do you resume your walk with God? I'm gonna give you three words real quick. Rest, reassurance, and redeployment. Rest, reassurance, and redeployment. You know what God did? He said, go to sleep. Elijah went to sleep. When he woke up, an angel came and gave him food. You know what the angel said? Go back to sleep. He went back to sleep. When he woke up, you know what they did? Gave him some more food. Let him rest. Let him get his strength up. And then he took a 40-day journey. And he went to a mountain called Mount Sinai. Went up into a cave. And he went into the cave. He says, I'm here to hear God speak to me. And, uh, and as he stood in that cave, 
God sent this incredibly strong wind. And as that wind blew, he said, there was a verse and it says, but God's presence wasn't in it. And then he sent this earthquake where everything was shaking. He said, but God's presence wasn't in there. And, and then he sent this fire, but God's presence wasn't in there. It's kind of like earth, wind, fire, like a singing group. But he sent all of these things. And, but yet in all those big spectacular things, God was not in it. And then all of a sudden he says, he heard a gentle whisper just a whisper, just this real still voice. And he picked up and he says, that's God. And he walked out of the cave and he stood at the mouth of the cave and God began to give him instructions for what was next to happen. And that's when God reassured him. He said, hey, I just wanna let you know, Elijah, there's 7,000 other people who have not bowed a knee to Baal. You're not by yourself. And then he redeployed him. He said, this is what I want you to do. I want you to go, I want you to anoint the king of Assyria. Then you're gonna go anoint the king of Israel. And then you got a successor, his name is Elisha. You're gonna run into him and you're gonna set him up to take your place when you leave. Let's go. In verse 19, it says, so he departed from there. And what he did is he began to walk lockstep with God again. And they were taking that journey again. Listen, if I can just speak to you from a heart, if you are depressed and discouraged, uh, there aren't just simple answers. I'm trying to help you to get those first steps of taking that rest, receiving that reassurance from God, and then being redeployed. You need to get a rest from the cacophony of sounds that are bombarding you at this time. You need to get a rest from watching cable news and social media and listening to screaming voices throwing their opinions at you. And it's such a loud sound and it's cluttering you so much, you can't even hear the spirit of God speak to you. And I love the way that he just told him to rest, get some sleep, get the strength for this journey. And then I want you to listen for when I speak to you. And that's a part of just opening up God's word. It's a part of listening to him. It's a part of stepping away from, from all the noise and letting God speak to you. And then you will understand that when God speaks to you, that he will then reassure you. And he will reassure you that he is the Lord Almighty. He is the sovereign God. He is in control of this world. This is the same God that loves you and cares for you. It's the same God that demonstrated that love for you by sending his son to die on the cross for your sins. It is the same God that wants to have a daily walk with you so that he can give you purpose and fulfillment in your life so that you can do things that will bring honor and glory to God and you can advance his kingdom. These are the things that he wants to do in your life. And he's saying, maybe you just need to step back and take a little rest and allow God's spirit to reassure you of who he is. And once you get reassured, then there comes that redeployment to where he says, okay, let's get on the road together again. This isn't the stopping spot. This is a resting place. Now let's get together and I'm going to take us on our journey to see what our next chapter is. And I'm telling you, if we'll walk with him, he can help us walk through this massive confusion that we see in our world today. So I come back to how I started the message. Are you a day's journey away from God? If so, you need to identify the cause of that. Is it neglect? Is it willful disobedience? Maybe it's depression or discouragement over life situations. If you begin to take some of those first steps, if you take those first steps, 
to where you want to come back into a closer walk with God, then it will allow you to get back connected with him. And then together, you and God can take on this journey of life, walking together side by side in lockstep. Let me lead us in a word of prayer. Father, I, I thank you today that you are a God who is sovereign and is overall. And uh, for all that, that we have experienced these last three months, uh, man, it's, it's tough. And it can cause us to completely put you on the back shelf. And I just pray today that for myself and for all that are listening to this message, that we would put you back on the front burner and that we would invest time reading your word, praying, listening to you, and then allowing you to redeploy us, to use us for however you want to use us. So Father, that is my prayer today, and that, um, and that we can call on you, we can depend on you. And if any of us feel like that we're easing in to that day's journey away from you, that we would hustle to get back into that right relationship with you and continue to walk with you. For it is in Jesus' name that we pray, amen.